How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig from. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm drinking frozen Jack and Coke, taking it back to Disneyland, and I'm I'm ready to get this interview on. And yeah, truly, of course. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, man, I don't know why this game makes me nervous, so I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. This game makes me nervous. This, co- this, this uh, guest makes me nervous, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I haven't heard the details, but I've heard that there's something to hear, so this is going to be fun. Mike, before we get into it, where can we find you on Twitter? At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. And guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, here we are with episode four of Offsides with Paul and Mike, and we have a very special guest with us tonight. Tonight with us, uh, we have host of Fade the Public Show, member of the Big Dogs Got Eat family, and host of the Bleeding Blue podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nikki Snacks. Snacks, how are you? Oh, guys, thank you very much, uh, Paul. That was that was a nice introduction. I am doing I'm doing great. I really am. I am. Um, so I'm just going to get out there right away because I already told you I'm doing well. So I went to the the Giants, the Giants Falcons game week three. And uh, that was Eli's retirement jersey day. Oh, okay. and obviously we lost whatnot, but it was a very emotional day for me. And this is the jersey I'm wearing tonight. This is the jersey I wore to that game. And after halftime, after the ceremony, I took it off and said I'd never wear it again. And uh-huh. here I am because I am a big fan of you guys, and I think this is going to be a great show. I decided to wear it one final time. And if it brings me any sort of semblance of luck on Sunday, I'm going to take it. But other than that, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. If, that, if uh, you, you go ahead, beat Michael, us, I hope you stain it. <laughs> that'll never happen you know you know you know the rigors this thing has been through that's amazing man we appreciate two championships it. by the way two championships in the last i don't know 15 years which you guys haven't had in the last 25 you haven't even had one anyway <laughs> shots fired early uh, next before we get into work can we find you on twitter sir yes so you can find me on twitter at uh it's snacks it's very simple s-n-a-c-k-s underscore bdge like you said uh we're under the big dogs gotta eat football brand uh we host the show called fade the public and um so you can find all of our stuff there and if you go to my bio you can find it there and and yes i do host a, a giants history podcast with my my uh, one of my best friends justin Pennick, and he's involved with john boy media and talking giants who are just exploding every day and they're doing very well so, yep, that's where you can find me. And if you want to interact or talk shit or troll, I welcome it. I embrace it. I give it back. So, please, come. Well, we haven't had a, we haven't had a guest like that on the show, so we look forward to it. <laughs> well, I look forward to this because I'm sure after what your listeners hear, they're probably going to hate my guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into it, Snacks. You know, after 20 games, what, what are your thoughts on Joe Judge as the head coach? Yeah, so – if anybody has seen me on Twitter or just in person, they have known that I, 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 I bought into Joe judge right away. We went from two very soft minded head coaches where it was just like, okay, treat everybody with 
you know, dignity and respect and, and make sure that they're okay and their feelings are okay. And it didn't work at all. We had like 15 wins in four years under two head coaches. So I, I always thought the discipline that we needed was with Joe judge. And he, he really sold me on his press conference and um, you know, what he, what his vision of the team and, and how he wanted to build the foundation. So he sold me on that through 20 games. Uh, I loved the first season. I thought they had a kind of crappy team, but they, they battled and they, they, they played close. To, they played close to very good teams and they should have won a few of those and probably should have won the NFC East by like three games in a probably the shittiest division that we'll ever see in our lives. But they let a lot of leads go in the, in the fourth quarter or they turn the ball over in the last possession. So, but I, I was happy with the progress. And then three weeks into the season, I started hating Joe judge because he's not going on fourth down on like fourth and one at, at the opposing opposing yard lines, 38 yard line. And he's doing conservative plays that he told us he wasn't going to do. Um, but I, I do believe in his vision and I believe in the coaching staff that he put together outside of one that I think we're going to talk about later. And um, I, I think he has, he has a strong pulse on, on what today's NFL is about and the analytics that go into it and everything, and the players rave about him. So um, while I'm not as sold as I was on him last year, I, I still am confident going forward with Joe Judge. I won't derail us, but, man, this feels like we're going to have another Bash Garrett podcast, and we have that <laughs> a lot. So, Well, good, good. You're going to have another one. <laughs> do you think the modern uh, NFL player and stuff, do you think the tough guy stuff works with that? You know, with that nowadays, though? Yes, it, that's that's a great question, and I'll, I'm happy you asked. And if you asked me this, like, two years ago, I would probably say no. Um, but I also think it depends on the guys you have in the building, the players you have in the building, and the overall team, what they're building and whatnot. L like I said before, they had two coaches in Pat Sherman and Ben McAdoo that were very soft. They didn't discipline their guys. They didn't hold them accountable, nothing. Um so I do think in a sense that the hard nosed tough practicing type of, you know, type of coach can fit in today's NFL if you have the right guys and our leaders that we've seen in a Sterling Shepard in a uh, Blake Martinez and Nick Gates, Daniel Jones, these guys have said in the media and said in the newspapers and everything that they're bought into this kind of system. They're like, this is exactly what we needed coming off a regime that wasn't like that at all. They needed a kick in the ass. They were terrible for so long. You can't hire another guy that's going to be, you know, soft on you like, like, you know, like a baby's ass. You, you just can't have that. So in a sense, I, I would say it's a kind of 50, 50, it's very roster depending. And um, the players you have on your team, it's very depending on what they have and what they buy into. Um, but on the surface, from my experience right now, yeah, I, I do. I think it works. I do. You know, I think it's safe to say that the Giants have kind of made some what might uh, others think are questionable hires and questionable draft picks. But do you think personnel or the front office is more to blame for the Giants lack of recent success? Yeah. So I will always I will always as a football fan, um, you know, the players play coaches coach. But the players that are on the field are due to who's in the front office and there are a lot of really good general managers and front offices in the NFL that put together well-balanced rosters and scout players and get starters in the third, fourth, fifth round. And the Giants have not been able to do that for the last three years, the last 11 years, really. But just talking about this regime. So 
my focus of blame is always going to be on the front office. There was, um, and I know we're going to get into it, so I don't want to, I don't want to go too far into it now, but in 2018, when Dave Gettleman took over, I thought that was the most abysmal draft that he could have ever done coming off a three and 13 year with a 38 year old quarterback. That was the time to rebuild. And they just didn't, they kicked the can. They tried to go for one more year and they didn't. And then ever since then, they, they, they have gotten smarter, but they got smarter when Joe judge got in there. So I think Joe judge has had a lot more influence on their decisions, both personnel wise and in the draft, which makes me happy because um, I'm not a fan of the giants front office right now at all. I it's, I truly think they set us back a long time. And I think um, through sheer coaching and a lot of probably a lot of potluck and a lot of cap space spent that they can actually put together a formidable team. Um, so full blame to me goes on the front office and, you know, we'll see. This is a make or break year for them. If they, if they break, then they're gone. And I guess that's a win for me. I'm going to be excited about that, but then I'm going to be piss poor miserable when we're seven and 10 and not in the playoffs again. So it's, it's a very, it's a big double-edged sword, but front office is my number one concern. And that's exactly where I place my blame. Well, this year, you know, they went out, they got Kenny Galladay, they got Kyle Rudolph. They've been working on the O-line for a lot of years. Do you think the front office has done enough this year to uh, let Daniel Jones and Joe judge have more success? Yeah, so I, I I think they I think they've done just enough, if that makes sense. I like I don't think they went above and beyond. Most a, a lot of situations like w- with the Browns, they built up their defensive line, they built up their offensive line. Um, they traded for a star receiver in Odell Beckham. Granted, he hasn't been as what he was with the Giants, but they gave him weapons, they gave him options. Um, they traded for Jarvis Landry. They did all these or signed Jarvis Landry. They did all these things. They drafted Nick Chubb. They they built around a guy that they think is going to be you know their guy. And you do that on a rookie contract. And I think this offseason was the first offseason that the Giants were like, okay, we have Daniel Jones and we drafted him six overall. If we believe in him, we really need to go get him some talent. Because last year he was throwing to Darius Slayton and practice squad players. And Evan Ingram, who drops every single ball known to man. He drops a ball more than I drop. I dropped my GPA in college senior year. Like that's how bad he drops the ball all the time. And that's what he was working with last year. Saquon was gone after week one. He had no offensive line and they really didn't do much to upgrade the offensive line this year, which was kind of surprising to me because it was so abysmal last year, but they told us to believe in the coaching and believe in the guys. And so far the offensive line has been okay. Andrew Thomas has been phenomenal. I want to, I want to bring that up. He has been a very, very good left tackle he is anchored against Cam Jordan and Von Miller and Bradley Chuck. He is anchored, not Bradley Chuck, but he is anchored all the great Chase Young in Washington. He has anchored all them and not let up a sack. One QB pressure, one QB hit. He has been that good. But I, I, I truly believe the source of resources, the source of resources like that makes sense. The, the lack of resources that were put in to thinking a long-term plan in 2018 and 19 were compromised in 2020, 2019, because we signed James Bradbury, Blake Martinez last year, who were two of our fixtures on defense. And granted, yes, Blake is out for the year with torn ACL. It's just shit luck. But James Bradbury proved himself to be a top five cornerback in, in football last year. That's a great signing. And you got him for $9 million a year. Like, y- y- you played that very well. You played Blake 
very well. And then you went in this offseason, you said, okay, we got to go all in. You got to go all in. You got to spend your cap space money like the Saints do, and they push it back years. So it affects 2022, 2023. But that's your roster now. That's your roster. This is your roster. Maybe tweaks and tweaks and dimes here with depth pieces. But you go out, you get a Kenny Galladay, you get an Adoree Jackson, you get a Kyle Rudolph, like you said. Those are the weapons that Daniel Jones needed. You know, you need more than a Darius Slayton fifth round pick out of Auburn. You need more than a practice squad wide receiver. You need a healthy Shep. You need a healthy Barkley. And I think in that sense, I think the Giants had a very good offseason in putting the right pieces around Daniel to succeed. You know what? I, I know I know you're next up, Paul, but I gotta say if Evan Ingram only played the Dallas Cowboys, he'd be the number one pick overall in the NFL draft. He annihilates us and then does nothing the rest of the year. Yeah, you, you're telling me. You're telling the wrong guy. I, I know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget that play last year. I think it was the fake field goal where he was wide open and they called like they called like holding or something. It was a bullshit call. I'm sorry. It was a bullshit call. I just recently watched that play like yesterday. Terrible call. But he's, all, he's always in the end zone against the Cowboys. Always. That's the only team he can catch the ball against. But in fairness, in fairness, Jason Witten tortured my life for like 10 years. So, yeah. Yeah, true. And maybe maybe we're just not tight end defensive teams. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And our boy Blake Jarwin has had some big games against you guys. Yeah, well, I'm starting Bolton Schultz in fantasy, so he better show up. (laughs) You know, you talked a lot about Daniel Jones snacks. Um, When you when you look at what he's done in his time there, is he somebody you feel comfortable moving forward with as your franchise quarterback? It is such it's such a great question, and it's such a tough question, and for two reasons. One, because I absolutely love what I've seen so far through the first four games. And then even kind of towards last year where like the play calling was terrible, which we're going to get into, Um, but he's, he's making the most out of what was a shitty situation. Like that game against the saints, he looked like an elite quarterback. Like he did what, 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 I'm not wrong. He did what a Dak Prescott would do down 11, go down and score get the ball back, go down and score again, get the ball in overtime, go down and score. Like he did that. And that was very, very impressive to me against a very good New Orleans Saints defense. Might I add you mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan. That is a good defense. Their offense is not absolutely not the same, but they still have a very good defense. And he showed me a lot, but if we fall this year, we don't win the division. Don't make a wild card, which I don't see possible with the NFC West. Um, and he has a good year, but not like a great year. This team has options. We have two first round picks that could easily be two top 10 picks or two top 15 picks. We have two third round picks. We have two fifth round picks. We have a lot of picks to play with and a quarterback. Let's say like a Russell Wilson demands a trade. Do you trade Daniel Jones, two first round picks, two third round picks for Russell Wilson? It's a question that you have to ask yourself. And so I, I don't want to I don't want to give like a, a beat around the bush answer. Right. It's difficult week four to tell you right now. If you when we do this podcast again in week fourteen when we're playing and I'm probably miserable and everything sucks for my life, <laughs> yeah. then I could give you a better answer. Right now I'm I'm confident, Daniel. I am. I I go into the game and I think he's going to have a good game. He's not going to turn the ball over and he's going to give us a chance to win. Now is the defense going to going to stop the the opposing offense? Are we going to fumble the ball? Is there going to be a tip pass, a drop pass off Evan Ingram's hands into a defender's arms? There's a lot of things. But right now, so much – I don't want to say I would sign him yet, 
if that you know if that's fair but I, I he's on the he's on the trajectory yeah i would i would sign him not to one of those record million dollar deals which he probably himself knows he doesn't deserve but if you can get him on a good contract yeah i think you can win with daniel jones especially with the right team around him all right here's a tough question but you got to be real about it all not right. like potential or expectation or anything has Saquon Barkley lived up to his draft position? Not even remotely close. Good answer. I I think that – so this is where I was kind of bringing up before where I said we'll talk about that draft. That is the worst draft pick in Giants history by mm. far. Wow. By far. By far. It's not even remotely close on who's the second worst. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That is a miserable, miserable pick. And – you guys as Cowboy fans know you drafted Zeke fourth. Do you really want to be paying him that much money when you have Tony Pollard, who's probably just as effective? Yes, I, I know on, Zeke's more explosive. I, I, I get it. I, I'm on the don't give pay you more, running backs. I don't but, pay running backs. So not even not even one that blocks like Zeke, I would not have paid yeah, him. Well, and that's another thing. Zeke does, Zeke does a lot of the intangibles too. Zeke's mm-hmm. a great ball player. I'm not taking anything away from that. Yeah. But I'm not paying a running back 16 15, 16, 17 million dollars a year. Agreed. And Saquon hasn't even come close. His rookie season, yeah, it was unbelievable. What did the Giants do? They were five and eleven. Yeah. His second year, he missed four games when we were fighting for the division. We didn't have him. The third year, and it's not his fault, tore his ACL on his MCL. Like, he's not even remotely lived up to it. This is what we were we were told this was a generational talent, a Hall of Fame talent that we're getting at number two. And this is this is what also what I was saying. We had a 38 year old Eli Manning in a QB class that was considered very good. Now, did it turn out to be great? No. It was Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. Those were the guys. Lamar Jackson, yes, he's awesome, but he was never going to be considered yeah. up there. Right. Those were the guys. And I would have, even if it was Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold and he flared out or Josh, you know. I would have rather taken my chances on a rookie quarterback like that than a running back. I don't care the longevity of what he's going to do. He's never going to be worth what he's going to be paid. And he's never going to live up to being number two. To be number two, you have to, you're going to have to score two touchdowns a game and be the difference in wins, which he was, which he was on Sunday. That's the first time he ever has been. And this is his fourth year. So it, that draft really pisses me off because I wanted to trade down so bad. All I wanted to do was trade down with the Colts or not the Colts, the Jets and draft Quentin Nelson. That is, that is all I wanted to do. And it didn't happen. I wanted to pick up extra picks because I knew this team was bad and we needed an influx of talent, young talent on cheap contracts and extra picks. And we just didn't do it. So to answer your question, not even close. I love him. I love him. Great player. And I will always root for him. Not even close. Well, I think we know the answer, but go ahead, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you draft a guy that high, you're hoping to at least get two two contracts out of a player that way. And you mentioned the game-changing ability that Saquon has and what he did on Sunday, but he hasn't really lived up to, to that uh, second overall pick. Is there a, a number that you, you'd be willing to, to sign him at that you'd be happy with to, to bring him back for a second contract? Sir? Good yeah, question. so that's such a good question. Um, I, 
I don't think he could command top running back dollar. Like Zeke is the highest paid running back, right? I think. Or Might one, be McCaffrey, but he's or McCaffrey. Okay, yeah, one McCaffrey. of one of. So it's like he doesn't have the the the, the leverage like that. He's been hurt. And he's done all this. Like you can't trust his knee. A guy like a guy like um, Derrick Henry signed a very team friendly deal. Mm-hmm. I think he makes twelve million dollars a year. Yeah. If you were to tell me that Saquon could sign for twelve million dollars a year, I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> I still wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. My opinion for sure too. I I still wouldn't do it. I I wouldn't be as mad. No, but I still, I still would not do it at all. I, Wayne Gallman averaged four point six yards a carry last year, behind a terrible offensive line. Yeah, you know, like you could win with other running backs. If you, you don't what need if, that, what if you were guaranteed perfect health for like the next two years? Would you sign him? Would you bring him back for eight million a year? Eight million a year? Yeah, perfect health. Perfect health. Yeah, yeah, I would. Eight million a year, perfect health. I would because I he, he could change the game in a heartbeat. You know, he he breaks one loose on on the on the on the uh, on the go route on the sideline for a fifty-four yard touchdown, and the Giants are within three, and then he scores it. Like that, that's what he is. You're never gonna get that every game because people are gonna focus on that. But for eight million dollars in perfect health, absolutely, reluctantly, reluctantly, but yeah. yes. He's a thousand thousand guy for, for 8 million. If you guaranteed his health, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And he is, he really is. And like his rookie year, he's going to rush for a thousand. He's going to, he's going to receive over a thousand. He's going to catch 80 balls. And that's an unbelievable weapon. It's like an mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, what he did last year. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. So here's one that I don't believe we can blame on Jason Garrett. Although I'd love to find a way <laughs> last, last year in 2020 giants defense was pretty damn good. It was very uh, good. What do you think's happened in 2021? Because I don't remember them losing a lot. Tomlinson, maybe? No. Well, Tomlinson, Tomlinson is a huge loss. And uh, I advocated on my Twitter account and to my friends that I would rather re-sign Dalvin than I, I would Leo because I thought he was that valuable of a player, that valuable of a leader. You need those kind of guys. And um, But that, that is definitely a key loss. I don't think that's the reason why it's all going down. Uh, the pass rush is just not getting there. Leonard Williams had 11 and a half sacks last year. He's really not getting to the quarterback yet. I, I would like to hope that he is because he's being paid like he's Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. So he's got to start getting there. Uh, but the strength of our team is the secondary and the secondary struggled. So James Bradbury was an all pro last year. He was a pro bowler, everything. He was a lockdown corner. Anybody you put on his side, he would just lock him down. That's not, that's not the case right now. And Patrick Graham is playing a little too soft. He, he's, a, he's a man, he's a man zone type of defense coordinator. And he's not playing that he's playing all cover three, which is not our style of defense, but I, I trust in, in Patrick Graham. Cause he is a very intelligent man. And the defense was so goddamn good last year that I'm going to have no choice, but to have faith after only four weeks that they will figure it out. They weren't great the la- the, the first four weeks last year and they figured it out. I think he t- it takes a little time for him to process his personnel and everything. He's got a new safety and a new, uh, new cornerback too, and a Dory Jackson, but they're playing too far off. They're not jamming a Dory Jackson's biggest strength is jamming players and playing man uh, James Bradbury, same way. And they're just, they're just not playing it. it it's very confusing to me. And I, I think scheme wise that that that's going to change soon. 
Um, or at least I hope. I hope. I mean, against the Cowboys, I have no idea what to do. Like, I don't even ask me about the game plan how to stop the Cowboys <laughs> because just throw that question out the window. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not even like being sarcastic. That is the best offensive team in football by far. But they have to they have to come up on these receivers. They're giving them too much freeway with no pass rush. It's an easy 10-yard in every time. It's 10 yards every time. When you know you have no pass rush, you have to play man. You have to at least try to, to bump them at the line and not let them get free. So I, I think that's an adjustment they'll make. But, yeah, you're, you're right. The Giants' defense was ranked ninth last year. They were very good, very, very good. So that, that's been by far the biggest disappointment so far. Well, you know, I know you hate this next question, Stax, but I'm going to ask anyway. If you're Brandon Graham, I mean, what's going to be your main focus? Are you going to be trying to stop the run? Because we've seen what Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have been able to do this season. Or are you looking to uh, to keep Dak uh, guessing and, and stop Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, and, and CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, there's a lot more weapons you could say. Blake Jarwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, so if I'm Patrick Graham, I'm playing Ben, but don't break. You cannot let those explosive plays with Dak out of the pocket to CD to Amari Cooper down the field. You can't, you can't have it. I'm okay with Zeke and Pollard running up our gut all the time. If we can hold them in the red zone and hold them in that, you know, that 30 yard line to the end zone spot, I think we could be okay. And we're going to make this a competitive game and it'll go down to the finish. But if you're letting explosive plays go down the field to CD, who's awesome and an absolute steal of a draft pick for you guys. And Amari Cooper, who I know is a little banged up, but he seems to be all right. Dalton Schultz over the middle. I'm not, of course, I'm concerned about that. You're concerned about everybody, but I would rather them sustain drives and kick field goals. So this is where I was just talking about before, Mike, and the bend, but don't break defense. If we're, if we're holding them to field goals or a touchdown, every other possession, that's okay. The big explosive plays of 50, 60 yards that the Cowboys are getting, that's going to kill us. So I expect the Giants to be very loose in the run game. I expect Zeke to go nuts, Pollard to go nuts. But I think they clamp down when they're in that red zone. And that's my, that's my hope. That's the only chance for our victory is to really clamp them down and hold them the field goal. So if I'm Patrick Graham, I will – I'm playing Ben, but don't break. Let him run. Do not get up, give up those explosive plays. That, uh, that, that's going to be the key to the game because Dallas, uh, other than – if you take away Tampa Bay their last three games – they're at like almost 90% in the red zone. And that's including yeah. the one that they didn't give Dak on the QB sneak. And the Giants are last in the red zone. In red yeah, zones. I, yep, yep, I know. And it's a, it, it, it's crazy difference from last year because we were top five in red zone defense last year. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's very different. And that I'm hoping that my strategy, what I'm saying is bend but don't break and then play in the red zone verts back to last year and what we what, how we played in the red zone last year because – that's how we stayed in with the Rams and, you know, all these playoff teams that we stayed in with, we just made them kick field goals. That was it. If you're holding the Cowboys to field goals, you have a chance. Absolutely. Which isn't going to happen. They're obviously going to score 30 points, but the, the goal is almost to hold them under 40. And then that's how you beat them. So that would be my strategy. I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> Well, let's flip it the other way. Who who should Dallas be the most worried about without Slayton and Shepard in the passing game for, for the Giants? Who should Dallas worry about the most? So Dallas averages uh they are the worst average team yards after the catch. They let up they let up the most yards after the catch by any player that gets the ball on their defense. Kadarius Tony. 
Kadarius Tony saw nine targets last week. He caught six balls, went for 89 yards. When he gets the ball, he is very electric, guys. Very, very electric. And if the Cowboys aren't tackling in the secondary, he could easily pop one or two. I'm I'm not – that's not – but I'm telling you, if he gets the ball over the middle of the field, you miss one tackle, he's gone. He's that fast. He's that shifty. And that's the guy, if I'm you guys, that's who you look after because – I, when, I, when I saw that stat that the Cowboys let up the most yards after catch per defensive uh, series against the guy catching the ball, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Kadarius Tony has to be, have a, he has to have a big game. You have to get him the ball because he's the shiftiest guy. He's the fastest guy and he can make anybody miss. I don't know how much you watch of the giant saints game, but when he got the ball in his hands, it was third and 18. He gained 19 yards first down. Like, with ease. He made one guy miss, boom, right to the sideline. He's fast. He's quick. You guys are going to have to tackle. So, if you guys are looking for somebody, it's Kadarius Tony. What about Barkley? What if we added Saquon out of the backfield? Well, see, see, this is why I love the Giants' weapons and what we were going back to earlier in the year, or early in the, in the podcast. We were talking about that we finally got weapons for Daniel Jones. Barkley out of the backfield is an absolute weapon. You put Tony on one side and Barkley on the other going out this way, Mm. you're going to start getting headaches. You're going to start getting headaches. And that's why I think this Giants offense has very big potential to be dynamic. You're, you're lucky there's no Shepard because Shepard's always, you know, he's always like the saving grace over the middle. He'll get you eight yards. He's always open, always. But you got to work without that. Barkley, Tony out wide, good luck. Ingram is good. Gonna, Ingram kills us. So he'll be. Well, yeah, yes. Like Paul, Paul was saying, Ingram is, if, if how many times? It, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, the Dallas Cowboy killer. <laughs> you know, I'm actually a little bit worried about John Ross, too, because we saw what he did yeah, last Dude, he's speed, man. He goes right past you. Did you see that play? Yeah. He, they were playing cover three, and he blew past them. It's crazy. How good, is, how good is Diggs that, like, the guy you paid money to bring in free agency? All of us are like, yeah, we ain't worried about him. It's the, <laughs> it's the other guys. We got Diggs for him. We got to well, worry I, about the other guy. I, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be way too confident about that. Diggs is, Diggs is playing really well, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's a shutdown corner. I don't. I agree. I think I he, agree. I think he plays the ball better than anybody I've ever seen play the ball, and he makes opportunistic plays like nobody I've ever seen make opportunistic plays. But I do think he's got, he's got weaknesses. You know, he's gonna yeah. get beat over the middle. He's very well covered on the sideline. I think that's his strength. He, he covers the sideline perfectly. You want to run digs and ins on, on Trevon Diggs? Good luck. You're not going to do it. You want to go in on him if he's playing man? You want to go over the top? I think then he can be exploited. He's a good ball player. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I think he's been very opportunistic with his five interceptions this year. They've been great plays. But they're ballsy plays, too. Because if you miss them, mm-hmm. they're going. I apologize for getting us so off track, but I do believe if he had a James Bradbury or a Revis or a, or another type of guy on the other side, he would Stop. get targeted a little bit more. He would still get the turnovers, but he would he would give up a little bit more than, yeah. than he has. Right, right, because he he's their number one corner on a, on a Dallas defense that everybody thought was coming in that was going to be bad, which they're not. So he's not getting targeted as much. And you know, if, if Kenny Gallaud, if he's lined up on Kenny Galladay. I think that's going to be a great matchup. One physical wide receiver against a guy that's going to be going for interceptions and really trying to break up passes. And I, I, I like that matchup a lot. That should be a fun watch. As, a, as an outside football fan looking at it, that, that'll be a fun watch. 
Yeah. Agreed. Sorry about that, Paul. No, no, you're fine. I, you know, we talked a little bit about Kadarius Tony and you know his, his playmaking ability, and it sounds like you're excited to see him this week. But you know, do you remember how you felt about the draft pick? You know, when, when the Giants selected him on draft night? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know much about him at all. Um, so when we traded back, we traded back and we got the Bears' first round pick. Great. Trade. I was happier than a fat kid on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like not even kidding. I was like, okay, whatever happened in this draft, I don't care. We just got the, we just got another first round pick next year for a mm-hmm. team that's going to need it. Yeah. With no cap space or anything like that. We like, we need that. Right. And then I, I you know, they draft Kadarius Tony, who, when it was our pick, I'm like, all right, Elijah Mitchell, let's get Elijah Mitchell. We put him in the slot. Shepard's probably going to be released after this year, whatnot. Get him right there. And then we take Kadarius Tony. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Who is this? I'm, I'm like not so well inclined with college football, so I, I wasn't too sure. I studied some guys that we see on Twitter, you know, that, that like Ray GQ and all these guys like kind of tweet out and, and watch, their, watch their videos and whatnot. But Tony never came to my mind. And then I'm, I'm watching him. I'm like, wait a minute. He gets the ball and just makes everybody miss? So it could be third and 11 and he could get the ball behind the line of scrimmage and go gain 12 yards. And I'm like, all right, sure. I'm in. And I, I, I can't say I was ecstatic about it. I can't say I was mad about it. Can't say I was happy about it. It was more of a, a wait and see for me. Cause I really didn't know enough about him. Just what I saw kind of on the highlights and, and everything like that. And the reviews that he got, everybody seemed to love him and, and what, you know, it, Apparently he wasn't supposed to be a first round pick, but sometimes those guys are the ones that you, you take a chance on. And yeah. like Justin Jefferson wasn't supposed to be a first round pick, you know, and he was arguably one of the best receivers in football right now. I'm not comparing. I, I'm just saying like, you, you never know exactly what you're going to get with that. So um, I was, I was a little, I was a little weary. I, I, I wasn't too sure. I thought there was safer options in uh, Rondale and Elijah Moore, but, I love the idea of adding a guy like, like, you know, like Tony who can get the ball in space and just do whatever he wants. Cause Galladay doesn't do that. Galladay goes over the middle, goes over the top and he's going to gain 20 yards a clip. He's not going to bust the catch or anything. Shepard's not going to do that either. He's a possession receiver. You bring in a guy like this opposite Barkley, like you were saying before, Paul, and who do you really focus on? If he, if he's going to be that player in the NFL, who do you really focus on? So I, I, I wound up liking that. But in the moment, I was eh. I was more excited about trading for the first round pick from the Bears. Mm-hmm. If that if that that whole answer makes sense, like my excitement and or my my thoughts came more so the next day or two after I watched and everything like that. Paul, do you remember what I thought about the Tony pick? Testing. Uh, he hated it. I'm trying to think. I thought you said. No, I hated it. My good, I'm glad you hated it. I'm glad glad you hated it. Son of a bitch, because when he runs all over your fucking ass on Sunday, (laughs) then you're really going to like it. You're going to agree with me here. You're going to be right on point with me. You don't remember why I hated the pick, Paul? What do we do on our show? Oh, Paul. I I want to hear from Paul. Bash Jason Garrett. He don't know how to use Tony. There's a reason you haven't seen him since this last game when 17 of the receivers got hurt. I hate Jason Garrett, so I hated that pick. 
Time out. I'm, You're listening. No, I that's remember. A, uh, that's, that's a that's a very uh, wait wait hold on. All right, couple because I, I think I think kind of some of that question is coming up soon. No, yeah. I was going to say our our boy Bodacious. Shout out to uh, him on on Twitter. He liked he liked the Tony pick, but you and I were saying that it wasn't a good pick just because Jason Garrett wasn't going to utilize right. him correctly. That was great. But but in, in fairness, he's not going to be the offensive coordinator for his whole tenure here. So yeah, but yes, you're 100 right. You're 100 right. He has no idea what to do with a guy like that. He has, he has right. no. Yes, yes. I'm sitting there going, it took you 17 wide receiver injuries for you to throw the ball to your first round pick. Hello, that can't be tackled. Mike, 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 I I agree. You're right. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like a Giants fan. That's how much we hate Jason Garrett. Yeah, that's what, we, that's what we've been saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to skip my question and go to yours, Paul. I swear to God. Uh, what's your outlook on the Giants game after the one and three start? So I, I really – this is not a one and three team. I actually think they're a lot better. Um, they, let, they let two wins just fall – just like fall at their feet. Washington, I think they got screwed. I don't know if you guys saw that the video. Yeah. The offsides, but but, but it, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible call. But they should have won that even before that. So I'm not going to get mad. And then you're going to lose to Atlanta when they're coming in on the road and you blow, you blow a lead. That's just it's just bad. You drop an interception in the end zone that would have sealed the game. The team is better than one and three. So but the schedule is just ridiculous. Brutal. Like this is why this game is so important to me and to us like if we beat you guys then game on then game on because then i'm going to start feeling confident that we can stick with stick with teams and if once you start sticking with teams all it takes is one good break and you're gonna you're gonna steal one you're gonna steal one um but the outlook it's so tough to say i i think they're gonna at the end of the day i think they're gonna go seven to ten you know i i think that's what it is i I think they're going to stay with every single team. I love the way they compete. I love the way they're coached. I love, I, I love all of that like that. I don't think, well, I, I say this now as a, you know, I'm taking myself out of my fandom for a second. Um, I don't, I don't see too much Avenue. I, I also truly believe Dallas is that good. I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up you guys. ass. I think Dallas is that good. I think their head coaching is going to hold them back a lot, but it, it, terrible clock management, terrible timeout management, everything like that. That's going to hold them back, and it always has held them back. With Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett and now Mike McCarthy, I don't know what Jerry Jones is thinking. Just make Helen Moore the fucking head coach. But I, 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 I truly just – my outlook going in or going out, give me all Daniel Jones I can get. I need to see what he is to me. And I, you know, the Giants aren't winning a Super Bowl. Of course, I want to make the playoffs, and I still think we can. You know, the season's the season's young. There's plenty of football left to be played, but I want to see what Daniel Jones does rest, and that's my biggest outlook on the Giants as a team and as a franchise and an organization moving forward. Is what we see from Daniel the rest of the year um, as an outlook, a record prediction. I maybe I'll give that later on the show. Let's let's keep bashing Jason Garrett. See, you're new to Jason Garrett. Paul, uh, relatively. Paul, knowing what you know of Jason Garrett, what record should he have said they will have at the end of the year? Eight and eight. Eight and nine now. Eight and one. Eight and eight and one. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, eight, eight and one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so true. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Who do I look like? 
<laughs> yeah. So, dude, the clapping. Oh, God. Dude, I hate it. Every time, every time like, I post a picture on my Twitter, all I get is, is that Jason Garrett? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Please. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sucks. It sucks. Oh my God. Mike, just for you, I'll let you ask Snacks this next question, sir. Oh, uh, this was this was my question that I came up with. I love this question. Oh fuck, I know what it is. What do we owe you for taking Jason Garrett? <laughs> you name it. <laughs> well, now that I know you two a little bit, I would ask for a new liver, but I'm not. Really <laughs> um, you don't want mine. <laughs> all right. I will. Uh, all right. I want, I want, I want one courtside ticket to a Knicks game for my birthday. March Paul's 26. gotcha. That's yeah, what man, you Mike, get. I guarantee you make more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I get for taking this stupid scumbag off your hands. Oh man! God, I love this podcast. We we're back <laughs> to bashing Jason Garrett. This is amazing. This feels like last year. All right, so next we're going to get a little serious here. All right, but you know, as a fan and human being, what was your reaction and what were your thoughts when when Dak got injured playing against you guys last year? So I thought about three different ways to answer this. Um, I'm more of a human being than I am a fan. Well, that's 100% a lie. I'm more of a fan than I am a human being. But I never, ever want to see anybody, like, on the ground, off a stretcher, anybody. Dak, I don't give a shit if you're a cowboy or an eagle. I, I don't care. Never. Jeez. LeBron James, I do not want to see that. Um, my first reaction when he, when he, you know, he went, you know, he was down. I was like, oh, all right, we got a chance to win. Of course. Uh, of course, just natural, natural drunken reaction. And then they showed the replay and they saw the car and I'm like, yo, fuck that. No way. And I, I was actually sick to my stomach because as, as somebody who loves the Giants and hates the Cowboys, but actually loves competition more than anything in the world, it's better when the Giants and Cowboys are good and it's Dak versus hopefully Daniel for years to come no. and we're just battling it out. So that actually, when Dak had that injury and we knew the severity of it afterwards, I was sick to my stomach and then seeing it like in live time when Fox showed it, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't show that. Yeah. It was gruesome. Yeah. And I, 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 I remember, I remember I literally, I could probably show you. Hold on. I was, I was up. I was like, stand, I was kind of like, Oh, and I just like absolutely crumbled when I saw it. And I, I, I felt for him. I felt my ankle. I felt for him. And then, you know, him crying. I, I felt so damn bad because, believe it or not, I don't hate Dak Prescott. I actually love Dak Prescott's story, which sucks. <laughs> so um, I, I think he is, like, just somebody you really want to – that's a good score. You really just want to build your team around. He's a leader. He's a great quarterback. He's – strong as an ox he's a man um i'm jealous of dak prescott you know you you guys having him as your quarterback and when i saw that as a human i was like no fucking way that is a truck and even as a fan too paul i was like that's not how you want to win football games that's not yeah. how you want to go the rest of the year and root against your arch rival you don't want to do that you want to root against them when they're at their strength you know, you want to make fun of them when they're at their strength and losing games. Right. That's what you want to do. And the fact that it was like, 
he went down with just such a it, it, it wasn't even gro- it was grotesque how bad that injury was so the fact that he's back up here i love it i love it and i respect the shit of him i really do uh hat tip um i will not i will abuse dak all the time and i'll make fun of him all the time but i will never ever disrespect him I uh, I do that. They they had that thing where people were doing the injury wish list on Twitter. Duh. Every time I saw it, I would put up and go, "Don't be that. Don't do that. I don't I, care how much you hate. It's bad for the league. It's bad for your bad for everything, team. man. Yeah, you you want to beat you know like uh, the year Golden State beat LeBron and LeBron was down the two guys. Nobody you know it was great. Nobody cared. Yeah, but everybody was like, you know, that well, they didn't have Kyrie Irving. They did you want to beat people when they're at their best. You right, exactly. Exactly. Injured, you know. That's, so, no. Mike, that Mike, that's exactly how I feel. You, if you if you start rooting for injuries for your own team success, you might as well just go be an Eagle fan because that's exactly what you are. Yeah. Sorry. Right. like that that's it. I you know, I hate you guys, you hate me. We're, we're Giants <laughs> Cowboys fans. Yes, sir. Are we are we really going to sit there and hope for somebody to get injured? Our best player? No, of course no, not, man. Eagles fans will sit there and do the same, do exactly that. So, but no, I as a human and even as a fan, after the first, I, I told you I won't lie to you. After the first two, I was like, okay, get him out. I, I thought it was gonna be like a series. I didn't know, yeah. you know. And then I saw my god, like, oh my god, yeah. You know, you don't, you never want that ever, ever. So maybe I am more human than a fan. Well, if you, if you, I don't believe that. Let's not go that far. No. Uh, if you not take Dak not out of it, if you could have one cowboy, which one would you want? No Dak, obviously. We don't even no Dak. No, that in the air. No. Um, I didn't look this up before, but how old is Tyrone Smith, and is he still good? He's thirty, and if he's healthy, he's the best there is. Still elite. All right. Yeah. He's. I. I know he's still elite, but if he's healthy. I'm taking Zach Martin. That's the guy. I mean, it's too easy. The Giants, if they have one weakness on the offensive line besides all four positions outside of left tackle, it's guard and forming a running game. Give me Zach Martin, probably the best guard in football. I don't want to hear about Quentin Nelson's. It's still Zach Martin. It's Zach Martin's until he retires or gets hurt, you know, God forbid. Yeah. It's Zach Martin, and I take him in – Point one second is that as quick as I could take him? Yeah, <laughs> that's that. That's who I would take, literally. Uh, but now, now let me. Can I reverse that and ask you guys who you would take on the Giants? Go ahead, Paul. You start. I need to think for. T- I already know. No, I, w- I would take James Bradbury. Fair question. That's yeah. who I would take to pair that's, with Diggs. Yeah. So how about I, you, Mike? Same guy. Probably James Bradbury, but man, I. Uh... I, I really I, see. I'm I'm I'm. Are we talking just right now this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, moving forward. Yeah. And then James Bradbury. If we're talking future, I re- I loved him in the draft. I would have took him when we drafted. If we were there, I love Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, oh, dude, yo, I'm love, so happy you brought that up. Yeah. He's yeah. my he's my he was my top edge in the draft because I considered this man a linebacker. You know, <laughs> and and I didn't know he was. Gonna you, be guys, you, guys need, you need an edge rusher, yeah. Yeah, and I'm yeah. looking going, okay, Randy Gregory's gone in a year. Dorrance Armstrong's gone in a year. They're not playing Bradley and I. I've got Tank at $22 million. I'm trying to get out of that. I love him. He's worth it for the next couple of years, but then I'm trying to get out of that contract. I need a guy I can build over the next four years. So 
I would probably take Aziz Ojolari, but that just tells you what I think. I love. He was my edge one in the draft. When when Giants got him, it was like okay, they got Tony, and I was like, beautiful. Garrett don't know how to use him. That's great. They didn't get a court the quarterback. I'm happy. Then they got Aziz Ojolari, and I was like. Fuck, that is such a great pick. So and they totally traded back flipped. for him too, which is uh, nuts. I, I don't know. There was some kind of thing that had him dropping a leg or something. No, he 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 had a torn ACL in high school, and then he played three years in college. It never made sense. It never made sense. He is he, he's got four sacks in four games. Like this, he could ball. He seriously. Ball. That's that's a good pick. I, I see. I know what Paulie's saying. Like if you go cornerback two or cornerback one, whichever, which way you want to do it. Bradbury Diggs is unbelievable. Yeah. Like receivers are just getting shut down, but then you want to go edge rush too. You got a Z's and moving forward like that. It's perfect. By Gregory. You don't have to worry about those are the two. Pick, those are the two guys. I would, I would assume you guys picked. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You, know, Stax, you were talking about it earlier, your expectations for this team, but I'm curious, what would a wild card spot, be a win for the season or are you expecting more? I would, I would say a wild card would be a success. Yes. If we're playing, if we have a playoff game this year is a success. Um, Eli Manning's third year, he won the division at 11 and five. I'm not comparing Daniel to Eli, but I do want to set some kind of a bar. And I would say a playoff in the third year after this is the fourth off season of a general manager era, then you should be in the playoffs. So do I want a wild card? No, I want to win the NFC East. And I still think we can, even if we lose, I think we can, well, no, not probably not if we lose, but you know what I mean? I, yeah. This is, was supposed to be the year that we were going to go to the playoffs and we we're going to not make noise, but just assert ourselves a little bit. A wild card would be disappointing. Absolutely. But if we are in a wild card, that means we're holding up with like San Fran and we're holding up with Carolina, who's three and one. So at this point right now, when, when this question is asked right here, I, w- I would take that as a success. Yeah, I, w- I would not be the most happy and I would think that we should have done more. Um, but yeah, I would I would I would be happy with that. I want to I want Paul to ask this question, so I'll jump ahead one most fantasy points tonight but let's take the two quarterbacks out they're they're easy we know Dak and Daniel Jones they're gonna go off yeah take them out and and who you got as most fantasy points the most fantasy points um well my 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 heart tells me uh or I'm sorry my head tells me whoever the Dallas Cowboys tight end is Dalton Schultz (laughs) um because all Dallas Cowboy tight ends do is score touchdowns on the Giants and multiple during the game um this is this is going i'm gonna go most fantasy points i'm gonna go i'm gonna go cd i think he breaks one i do i think he's gonna be lined up against a dory and in man coverage i think cd can kind of break away from him for one gain and, and that's really all it takes for for that um but i would say i think the the two the two people that come behind him are going to be saquon and Darius Tony, because I think both of them have big games. I was I was very tempted to say Saquon. I was. Uh, I know Zeke's kind of questionable, but I know he's playing and he's going to be fine. But I don't know how much they go to him. The Giants usually seem to stop Zeke, no matter who they have, over the last couple of years. 
Um, maybe not. I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. Maybe it's just like kind of trial and error memory, but they usually seem to stop Zeke. So I would have said Barkley or Tony, but I think CD has a big game. I, I really I, do. I, I, it makes me I sick. Have a, I have a sneaking suspicion Pollard is going to have a good game. Pollard, I could see too. That That's one guy you just forget the game plan about, and he's just in the backfield, takes a screen, and goes. Yeah, I could see it. I easily see it. Ingram for the Giants. <laughs> what yeah, do I do? yeah, you're right. On fantasy? Hold on. That's the phone call I was talking about. Hold on. Yeah, that? yeah, go for it. Paul, what's the what's the uh, fantasy guess for you while, while Snacks takes that call real quick? So I'm thinking it's going to be Saquon, honestly. I have a feeling he's going to have a big game. He, he's starting to kind of find his stride, and uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I'm, I'm a little worried about the, the Giants' offense, and and Daniel Jones is starting to look pretty good, and, you know, we know they're getting the weapons back. So I, I think it's going to be Saquon. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm – I, I – I, people underestimate this offense. They're they're top eleven in almost everything per drive, like yards per drive, plays for drive, everything except for scoring because they're yeah. so bad in the red zone. And our defense isn't some kind of juggernaut that's going to keep everybody out of the end zone. So I, I suspect the Giants to to get a couple of red zone touchdowns and not and not uh, be like so horrible. So yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Daniel Jones could have a good day. I think Saquon could have a good day. Yeah, and then you think about it. I, I think they went what was it, week one without Galladay, and then plus Saquon still wasn't one hundred percent for the first three weeks, and then they finally get Galladay back. And of course, like you mentioned, they uh, Sterling Shepard was looking good, but you know they weren't getting a Kadarius Tony involved and Darius Slayton. He had that big uh, Thursday night game. It's just they've been still trying to like figure things out and get get healthy. So man, this is going to be a big game, honestly. Yeah, that that all the prediction stuff goes out the window if uh, Andrew Thomas isn't able to go. If their left tackle can't go, then then it changes everything. So, no. all right, snacks. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I'm excited to hear you answer this question. You can only pick one. The Knicks make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in the next five years, or Jason Garrett gets a ten year deal as the head coach, and the Giants are guaranteed. At least one Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> what are you choosing and why? We're such a prick. Um, <laughs> all right. So as as your listeners probably know, I'm a, I'm a very big Knicks fan, um, and I've suffered my whole life. So it's five Eastern Conference Finals with no guarantee that we go to the finals. Right. So so we're in there. Yeah, you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's no guarantee after. No guarantee after. But we're in there. Correct. With a chance. And Jason Garrett's my offensive coordinator for one Super Bowl. For and I just I want to add this in. Uh, other than the Mavericks, I'm I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Then. Oh, there we go, baby. Hey, yes, sir. Hey. Love it. Love um, the Knicks, dude. There's so easy to root for. Um, I also, I'm a Lakers fan, but Knicks are my third. I just love that when they're good, the league's better. So I yeah, just absolutely. So, so Mike, you're just the typical Cowboys Lakers fan. <laughs> and, and Yankees. Yeah. I, and I'm, Yankees. I'm believe not it or probably, not. You, you, probably, Ooh, root funny, for, you probably root for Duke too. Um, <laughs> eh, they're all right. No. Oh, fuck. This is so tough. This really is. <sighs> I love to think about I, you I, stuck with Garrett for 10 years. I I love the Giants more than I love breathing. I'm gonna take the Super Bowl. Oh 
Wow. And be stuck with Garrett for 10 years, huh? One Super Bowl could do a lot for me. That's three. No. Oh, you're an asshole. That was an ass. That was an unnecessary asshole shot. I've seen. By the way, it's it's, it's honest. It's honestly the toughest question I've ever been asked in a long time. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even kidding when I say that. Oh, I I have three. I'm. Well, when you when you when you sent that to me, I'm like, holy fuck! I don't even. (laughs) I don't even know. I didn't figure it out until like maybe two minutes ago. That's a good because I, I want I want the Knicks to be so good. And if the Knicks win a title, New York City may burn down. For real. Burn down. We could yeah. see another Philadelphia situation if the Knicks were to were to win a title, man. Yeah, it, it would be 20 times worse. Yeah, really. It would be 20 times worse. But I can't. I I I love look at this. This sits next to me all day, every day. Yeah. Oh, wow, dude. Holy cow. To Nick, only a giant. Right to me. That's awesome, dude. That's That's really freaking cool. It's my hero. It's my hero. And and I I can't... I can't not pass up a a Super Bowl. Even though Jason Garrett will be so abysmal for 10 years. Oh, my God. That was the hardest question I've ever heard. God damn it. You but know, yeah, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Super Bowl. I'm when I was getting it. to know my wife, we were talking sports. You know, of course, I was talking about the Cowboys. I asked her who her favorite team was. She didn't, she, uh, she didn't have a favorite team, but she said her favorite player, Eli Manning. Oh, you didn't break up with her right there. <laughs> we were just friends, but I well, thought I will, about I will, say, I will say it was probably around the same time that Tony Romo dropped a, uh, a field goal attempt. But come on, oh. Come on, you, come you on. guys came at you guys came at me on your own podcast. I gotta come at you. Oh man, that just hurts, think, man. Just, just think if it wasn't for two fluky Super Bowl runs, I wouldn't have to hear about Eli Manning being a Hall of Famer. God. Well, you know, you know what's funny, Mike? If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> he is gonna make the Hall of Fame too. People think he's not because first ballot. Oh, the 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 name and beating that undefeated Patriots team. Mm-hmm. He's in. I don't, can I, I, don't can, I can I real can I real quickly just talk about that for like two seconds and then we can uh, wrap it up with I know I know the story you guys want want to be heard, but um, <laughs> I don't I don't like the whole name argument. To be honest, I I, I really don't because maybe I'm coming off as biased, but Eli's top he's top ten in three of the most major categories of all time and it's not like he also started every game for 15 years he got benched not for injury but for somebody else being an iron man also speaks to the testament of what you are especially in new york like he he didn't play for cincinnati he played for new york he never had one bad thing against him nothing then he throws he's the seventh all-time in touchdowns seventh all-time in yards like this guy actually put together a really great career that people forget about because his last four years were due to incompetence of general manager that never put anything around him. His last four years were absolutely wasted. He threw the, the best the best pass in Super Bowl history to Mario Manningham. You can argue me all you want. I don't give a shit. You couldn't crazy. put that you couldn't put that ball anywhere closer to where he put it. It was absolutely perfect. And then to get out of to get out of a sack by two all pro defensive ends and to throw it down the field, yeah, 
He threw it down the field in coverage, whatnot, and the guy and David Tyree made a play. Dude. But then the, the next, the very next play, he threw an absolute perfect fade to Plexico Burris wide open in the end zone. You don't he didn't just win Super Bowls. He beat the greatest football dynasty of all time, the greatest quarterback of all nice. time, the greatest coach of all time. He didn't do it once, did it twice. Yeah. Once is a 14 and a half point underdog. And then the other is, is a six point underdog. This guy, he he knew how to win. When he got in the playoffs, he knew how to win. Against the San Francisco 49ers, he threw the ball 59, 59 times. 59 times. He got his absolute shit rocked in every single time he dropped back. He got hit. I think there was a – it's a record. You got, I'm almost positive. You can look this up. Most QB hits in a game. He got hit like 39 times, 59 dropbacks. Jeez. He got hit. You remember when he came up with the dirt in his helmet? The, he just knew how to get it done. You guys know in 2007 when he, when he threw the ball to Imani Toomer. Perfect, perfect throw, perfect route, touchdown. When, it, when, when the Cowboys were 13-3 and three and Jerry sent uh, NFC Championship tickets to the whole family and we went into Jerry World and, and beat their ass. I hate it. The guy, he went into Lambeau Field minus 20 degrees and beat Brett Favre. He went into Lambeau Field in the in the divisional round in 2011 and beat 15 and one Aaron Rodgers. This guy doesn't have some shit resume. It's like, oh no, he's not a Hall of Famer. This isn't like Jared Goff we're talking about. This man has an unbelievable resume with winning and in the top ten in these things. So I don't want to hear. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm not coming at you, Mike. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear his name alone. I got a follow up. I got a follow up. All right. Here, here's the follow up. Hey, hold on, hold on. All right. So here's the follow up. Forget about what you don't like, dislike, hate, this and that. Do you believe the name Manning will help him get into the Hall of Fame? It's a great question. Has, I think it has five percent meaning on how he gets into the Hall of Fame. Okay. I think it's an overrated. I think it's an overrated thing that the Manning name. I really do. I think a lot of people hate it. I just believe that some some voters will go, well, he's this, this, you know, this. It's back and forth, and then they'll go, but man, the you know, Manning, Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, two Super Bowls. Yeah, like, I, I, I can I can understand from your from your perspective, but I truly think he's got all the credentials to actually be a Hall of Famer. So gotcha. That's it. I don't want to hear no fucking more, Mike. <laughs> Score prediction. <laughs> All right, you want mine? Of course, guest always goes first. Thirty-four, thirty Giants. Oh, wow, he's really all right. Okay, do you Mike. believe it or are you being a fan? Nope, I believe it. All right, let's go, Paul. I believe it. I, I right. love the way we played on Sunday. Well, I said it on the uh, on the Star Wars po- the uh, excuse me, the Star Boys podcast, Mike, and I'm sticking with it. Thirty-seven, thirty Cowboys. And That's I have, I got third. I, I funny, I found out today. I was listening to Locked On Cowboys, and Marcus Mosier and I have the exact same prediction: thirty-four, twenty-four, uh, Dallas. I think I think Giants are going to be better in the red zone. Uh, today, because I don't think Dallas's defense is some juggernaut that could stop people, so I think they're going to get a couple red zone scores. But I, I think 
I, just the, their defense isn't playing well enough to handle Dallas right now. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I think the Giants defense actually becomes opportunistic and makes a, a player two and we can actually win. This and could be a big statement game for you guys, you know? Motherfucker. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is uh this guest Mike man he uh, I love the uh the unfiltered yeah me too and he asked he was like oh is that all right? I'm like shit we don't care cuss all you want man you ain't you ain't bothering us any we're foul mouths over here I know, I know. we want our guys to be all not all, all natural yeah exactly all right all right, all right let me hear it now let's go all right so all right. I, I know you got to uh, go pick your cousin up from the uh from the train station I before do before we get you out of here sir. You know, I, I know I don't know you very well, but I know you're a diehard Giants fan. I read a story about you a couple of years ago that I thought would be really cool for you to share with the audience tonight. Uh, what's yeah, funny well, I, unique, unique about the story is it starts off like a feel-good, heartwarming story, but ends up like something you'd see in a comedy movie. You know, share your story with us, man. Oh, my God. I, I have never – that is so perfectly said. It's so true. So uh, when I was 16, I, I, had, uh, I had cancer, and um, I lost this beautiful, luscious hair as we could see on camera right now. And, um, you know, I, it was, uh, it was, it was bad, you know, seven months of chemo, a month of radiation, you do the whole thing, whatnot, bald as a sin. Although my balls were always shaved, so that's good. But anyway, um, we, uh, my family was, was offered a make a, well, I was offered a make a wish and make a wish came to my house and they're like, what do you want? And my mom and dad are like, well, let's go to Italy. Let's, you know, let's go see the motherland or something. Let's go on a cruise. Let's go do a family vacation. I said, shut the fuck up. What? No, no, no. They're like, what do you mean? No. I'm like, well, first of all, it's my wish. So I do whatever the fuck I want. Second of all, the only thing I've ever wanted to be in my life was a giant season ticket holder. That's it. That, that, like, that was my dream. People dream about... People dream about everything in, in the world. I dreamt about being a giant season ticket holder. So I asked Make-A-Wish to give me giant season tickets. And my parents were absolutely livid. They hated it. Didn't matter. It was my wish. And they gave it to me. And they gave me like $800, extra, which I bought my first car with. Um, or $1,800, whatever it was. So it was the first year of the new stadium. And... Um, I was, I, I, they gave me sideline passes because they said it was like the cheapest wish ever. And they wanted to do something, you know, a little bit more special for me. So they gave me sideline passes and whatnot. First preseason game, I started just, I, I went on the sideline, I started eviscerating everybody, just ripping everybody, screaming at Pittsburgh Steelers, screaming at the Giants players. I didn't like, just absolutely screaming. I barely had my hair back and I was screaming at them. Oh, whatever you fast forward and then they, you play the jets and you know it's a big game someone's sideline and i went fucking nuclear nuclear i screamed at all those cocksucker oh shouldn't say that one i screamed at all those assholes all you do you suck you suck you suck you'll never win you suck you're my little brother fuck you and they like a couple of them were like like waving me i said you want to wave to me you mother Fucker, come here. Fucking say it in my face. And they never did. Of course not. Pussies. And, you know, 
from there, I got my sideline passes ripped away and I had them for the whole year and they just ripped them away from me after I just completely went nuclear, literally my nuclear on the Jets. Every single player that like came into focus with the team, I went nuclear on. But I got my, I kept my season tickets. I got kicked out of four games before, before I think it was the first four games I got kicked out of the first three. And then the last two I kicked at him. So I, I had a couple, had a couple, a couple ranges in there. So, so you had to make a, you had to make a wish kid on the sideline with like barely any hair, like little stubbles on his hair, just absolutely screaming and cursing at teams and just being the most vile, rude, ridiculous human being that you could ever meet in your life. I didn't care. I didn't care. They, they took away your make a wish. Took it, they, they took it away. <laughs> I got a le- I got a le- I got a letter in the mail that said my my sideline passes are taken away. Hey, you could have sold that as the the Giants take away make a wish kids sideline passes and nobody would know you were a fucking asshole. They'd just be like, "What the hell? They took away the cancer kid." Who who is this guy? Yeah, I could have I could have spun zone that really quick, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to put them in an awkward situation, you know, cuz I'm a fan. But uh, hey, so I I I, I, I legit, I went nuclear. When we played the Jets, it was bad. It was real bad. I was like trying to hop over the barrier and fight like professional football players. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was not It was not great. Not great. But I did it. Amazing. I did I, it. I, I thought I had a good, you know, some good, like I went through a wall, a, a door once, arms straight through it. I um I spit on a TV and then kicked it and tipped it forward. It almost broke. My friend caught it by its foot. So I, I thought I had some, my God, I'm, I'm not even in the, we're not even in playing the same sport. Well, you know, it, it, you're just as sick. You just didn't have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> they took the but Look at this. Look at this. Who, who's got the best hair in the world now? Me. Yeah, you Me. Got it's, all, it's all about Garrett, it. All. Garrett look. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, end, end it on that. End it on that. Well, Snacks, and man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter, sir. Yes, uh, Snacks underscore BDGE. Uh, you go to the YouTube page and type in Fade the Public, and we're right there. Um, Talking Giants with John Boy Media, uh, Bleeding Blue, History of New York Giants, which none of you Cowboys fans give a shit about. But if there is a Giant fan that's in here, then you can go check that out. But, uh, guys, I really appreciate it. That was one of the most fun times I've ever had on, on a show. So thank you very much. Dude, awesome. can't thank you enough, man. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, I, I really truly appreciate it. Michael, tell the people that can find you on Twitter. Uh, I hope your team uh, dies like a dog Sunday, but I uh, I loved having you on, man. Great show. At CD Piglet. <laughs> guys, again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.